Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done. But don't worry, because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than the all-star voter slept on BAM at a bio. Sleep PM bath salts use superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the relaxation you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use promo code MBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code MBA, for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. You are locked on NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On NBA Draft is brought to you by Locker Room. Two wings today on the podcast trying to make a splash in the tournament. Can they also improve their draft stock? Two weeks ago, I posted a Twitter poll with a simple simple question. Who do you prefer between James Booknight and Moses Moody? The results then two weeks ago were James Booknight came in at 51.6%, just ahead of Moses Moody at 48.4%. So we thought, why not compare these two players on this episode of Locked On NBA Draft? You are locked on the NBA Draft. I am your host, Sam Ferris. And as always, I'm joined by my friend and the other member of the Draft Dummies. How's it going for you, co-host Cody? It's going well. Super excited. It's March. We're recording this on Selection Sunday. Super excited for the tournament. Today, in the first segment, we're going to break down Moses Moody, followed uh, by James Booknight. Uh, We're going to talk about him and what makes him so special on the offensive end. And in the final segment, we're going to give our picks on who we prefer at the next level. All right, so let's get right into Moses Moody. And Cody, watching the film and digging into the tape on Moses Moody, The first thing that kind of stands out as being an interesting pivot point with him as a player is uh, he, his, his background, right? So he's played for one of the all time historically great high school teams in Montverde with a loaded team. And now he's played for a good Arkansas team and Cody watching him. That's pretty evident. You can tell that he's played for good teams. He's played for good coaches And he's just a basketball player, right? And some of that is natural and some of it's come with the teams and the coaches that he's played for. Um, And I think that comes with mostly certainly positive attributes, but there are some negatives or some cons to that. Uh, How do you feel about that, Cody? Yeah, I'd say one thing with him is he definitely plays his role. So like you're saying, he's been on some really good teams where he is not the you know, total stud with the ball in his hands all the time. Uh, And I think that's pretty awesome that a guy can be uh, that much of a team player and know his role really well. And I think that'll uh, bid him well at the next level. And it certainly uh, has done him some favors at Arkansas. His usage rate is only around 22 this year, uh, which isn't a lot for a guy that is going to be uh, talked about going in the lottery who's a perimeter player. Uh, But like you said, uh, 
that also can maybe make him a little passive. Uh, a lot of times uh, watching his film, I'd love to see him more aggressive and more involved. Uh, but at the NBA level where he's going to be with the best players in the world, a guy that really understands his role, that is the first step in becoming a great NBA player, I believe, is uh, starring in your role and being humble and just willing to work and play as a team. Yeah, I think you hit on it really well. The positives for me are, I mean, playing as he is right now and starring as in your role, as you said it, he's already basically the best player on a top, you know, 10, 15 team in college already at this point. He was very efficient as a freshman and he's kind of ready made to play that role in the NBA where he can certainly shoot from distance. He's a smart player. He won't try to do too much. And he just takes nothing off the table. And I think we've seen as we watch more and more NBA and the game continues to evolve that guys that can space the floor, play good D and take nothing off the table. Those are guys that coaches can count on and will play even, uh, you know, one year into their career as rookies. Those guys are going to get playing time. Now, the negative that you kind of hit on is, you know, we would have liked to have seen him push the envelope at least just a little bit more, maybe explore the bounds of what he can potentially reach as a player. Uh, you look at the statistical breakdown, really low turnover rate this year came in at 11.7%. Doesn't really make mistakes. Doesn't really create a ton for himself and doesn't really turn the ball over. I will note that there, you know, you look for flashes with guys when it comes to evaluating prospects and there were times when he was forced to create his own shot uh, a couple times late in shot clocks or late in halves where he had the ball and he had to create and he did take some step backs that were very, very nice to see. But yeah, just coming from that background, being that starring in your role player, there are kind of those positives, but I would like to see him push the envelope a bit more. Um, what else stood out to you watching well, the film? I wanted and to digging talk about that a little bit. Because, okay. yeah, just to piggyback off what you were saying, he is always under control. That's one yeah. of the main notes I have about him is he – everything he does out there on the floor has a purpose, and there's not a lot of wasted movement or uh, wasted dribbling. And I love love to see it. Uh, his shooting splits this year, for anyone that was wondering, were 44-38-82 uh, as of recently – and he gets really good looks. And um, like we're talking about, him knowing his role is great. Uh, and the, on kind of the backside of that, though, in the offseason, you want guys that love the game and are trying to get better and expand their game. And I personally think that he's going to continue to get better off uh, with creating off the bounce for himself and for others. He's got a really fluid jump shot. Uh, he can get into it off the dribble. Uh, kind of reminds me of Patrick Williams last year where watching some of the tape, you think he's going to uh, end up doing really well in that area as he puts more time in. Do you think uh, with more work uh, at the NBA level, do you think he'll be a guy that can put the ball on the floor a little bit and uh, create for himself, get getting to his spots? Well, that's interesting for a couple different reasons. To kind of compare him high level with Patrick Williams, there are certainly – you know, similarities with what you were uh, talking about. But the obvious difference is 
Moses Moody just doesn't really have much explosiveness and certainly nothing compared to Patrick Williams. And that is kind of what limits his ceiling in terms of a creator at the NBA level. And watching him in college at Arkansas and even going back to high school is, you know, he can kind of get into the step back, but he just doesn't really have much explosiveness, especially in traffic. He's a poor finisher, especially against good competition and good athletes. Now, the positive there that we should hit on is he gets to the free throw line a ton, and that's something that's going to help his efficiency. Uh, A 48.7 free throw rate this year, and to put that in perspective, what that means is the ratio of free throw attempts compared to shot attempts. And again, for perspective, the top guard in the NBA or top non-big there is Trey Young at 54%. And uh, Moses Moody was close to 49% this year. And I think part of that is because he's unathletic, he relies a lot on craft and on timing around the rim. And he just has a knack for getting guys to foul him and for using pump fakes around the rim. So yes, he's not a great finisher. Yes, he gets his shot blocked. Um, Do you think that ability to draw fouls is going to translate though at the next level, Cody? Yeah, especially at the NBA. Guys that kind of uh, are pretty clever with that. I know it's boring to watch and all of us uh, kind of hate it, especially when it's the other team's players that they just bait refs into fouling. But uh, I think Moody, like you said, he's going to be really good at getting to the line in the NBA. And just to be crystal clear, I am not comparing him to Patrick Williams at all in their playing style uh, or who they are as basketball players. Just the fact that I think both of them project well into being able to hit jumpers off the dribble where they can expand their game a little bit that way. And it wouldn't be an episode from the draft dummies if I didn't include some deep dive on some stats. So in terms of the free throw rate and the jump shot, the only guy when you look kind of back in the database of wings that meets both the threshold of the amount of threes and amount of free throws he's taken is actually Gordon Hayward's freshman season at Butler, which is kind of interesting. We remember how good he was as a sophomore, but his freshman season was pretty spectacular. And then in terms of comparing Moody to other guys from this class, the only other non-big with a free throw rate as high as Moody was Jaden Springer from Tennessee. So very impressive shooter, gets to the line and a very smart player. Uh, Coming up next though, Cody, we're going to get into James Booknight. Locker Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and easy to use, so you can talk to hosts of your favorite podcasts, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Locker Room is free. Uh, It's audio-only social media platform uh, made for sports fans. And what's so great is it allows you to talk with other passionate fans, insiders, and then even athletes and executives in real time. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group you're looking for. Be sure to download the app today and get plugged in with Locker Room. It's a really unique app and a pretty pretty fun service that we're going to start using here. So this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. 
Bluetooth tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. This is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Plus, it ships right to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring this podcast. So we're covering everything you need to know about the NBA draft, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, news, and everything you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's get in to James Booknight. I'll say uh, my first impressions of him, uh, watching him last year and then diving into his film uh, this season, uh, he has just left an indelible impression on me of just his ability to create his own shot and uh, get into his mid-range. Uh, he I think he can project as a pretty good score at the next level. Sam, what have your thoughts on book night been? So for me, it's kind of interesting because uh, for those who listened to us before we started with locked on, he was one of the first guys that we covered in terms of this season. And he was a guy that both you and I were pretty high on. We talked about being comfortable taking him really anywhere after the top 10, including the backside of the lottery. And so the interesting thing is there that I think I've remained fairly static. I mean, he's certainly improved compared to last year in certain areas. And I think he's a better prospect than he was last year. But I think that kind of the common take or consensus on him has shifted from, you know, viewing him as a late first to now potentially a top 10 guy. So the consensus has really changed on him. Whereas I think I've remained pretty static in and pretty much the same view that I had on him as a prospect early in the season. Yeah, I, I do think he's improved, but I think my view of him as a prospect is pretty similar. Uh, where are you at this point in time with Book Knight? Yeah, I think he's one of those players that is going to score a lot easier at the NBA level. There's so much more space. The lanes aren't as crowded. Defenders can't really touch the offensive players. And the, yeah, the court's bigger. We've seen a lot of guys do better offensively in the NBA than they did overseas or in college maybe. And I just think that baseline skill is there for him. Uh, I could totally see someone taking him end of lottery. I probably wouldn't take him much higher than that. Uh, but anywhere from there to – uh, the end of the first round, uh, I could see him fall in there. But yeah, the intrigue with him is his ability to score. Would you say that his 32% from three over the past two years has been concerning? That is a good question. And I would say kind of, but no, not really. 
So we often talk about don't judge a player by their three-point percentage when it relates to this small of a sample size. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but you know we've talked with different people who do studies on this, including the people from Pivot Analysis, and they say that you cannot really use that three-point percentage as a reliable sample until a guy hits 1,000 three-point attempts. And even with guys this young, right, they're constantly improving. So it's just hard to really buy too much into a percentage. And again, to kind of put that into perspective, this year, Book Knight is shooting, I think, 30% from three. But Cody, if he has one hot game uh, where he shoots like five of seven from three, he'd go from like 30% to like high 36%. So all of a se- all of a sudden with one solid, you know, hot shooting game, he goes from a season where you're like, yikes, that's not a good percentage to, okay, you know, 36, 37%, like that's totally fine. And so that's just an example of do not put your eggs too much into the basket of looking at just that percentage. You got to look at a lot of different things. Uh, I like the form on his jumper. He's able to get to it off the dribble too. Um, Do I think he's going to be an elite jump shooter at the next level? No, I don't. But I I do think he's got the ability to fill it up from all three levels. Yeah. And we should have mentioned this about Moses Moody too, who just has a beautiful looking jump shot. Book night's the same way for me. Some of those other indicators to look at, he's shooting well over 80% from the free throw line. And then the eye test, watching him get to his spots and rise up. uh, It's just really smooth. He is a much better finisher than Moody. He's finished around 65%, I believe, this year, according to Bartorvik at the rim. And when you watch the games, he has some pretty spectacular finishes. He can use the entire glass, uh, puts any amount of English on it that he needs. Uh, Just a really exciting player, which makes me think he can be a pretty good bench scorer in the NBA for a team. Yeah, so another point that stands out to me is he's definitely a better athlete than Moses Moody. That's There's no question there. But I guess it's kind of an interesting debatable point or topic of how good of an athlete is he as kind of this scoring guard compared to, you know, the peers that he's going to have in terms of a similar play style at the NBA level. And I think he's a good athlete, but I don't think he's necessarily a great athlete. Cody, some of that might be the fact that, you know, we were watching so much Jalen Green film last year and Jalen Green is just so dynamic. But Book Knight is a good athlete when he's on the move, but from a standstill, he's not super explosive, not a dynamite first step, not a dynamite leaper from a standstill. And I think UConn's offense has done a decent job playing to his strength where when you look at uh, his statistical breakdown by play style, he's run just as many plays out of dribble handoffs as he has out of isolation situations. So, you know, they're trying to get him the ball on the move, get him with a head of steam, which is very useful. He's also run a lot of pick and roll this year as well, which, you know, I've seen him throw some good passes, but the efficiency to this point has been pretty average. Um, What do you think there, Cody, in terms of his physical tools and how it relates to how he's going to score at the NBA level? Yeah, he's not a crazy athlete like you were saying. He is much quicker uh, after you watch Moses Moody and then watch him. And I think he has uh, enough enough athleticism on the offensive end to be effective uh, in the NBA. But yeah, he's not he's not a imposing high flyer. 
Um, I do like his size for kind of a bench scoring guard. He's about 6'5", pretty skinny, but I think he can fill out. Uh, he kind of reminds me, we brought up Jordan Clarkson last week. He kind of reminds me of that body style. Uh, and I think he's athletic enough uh, for sure. Uh, I do, like you were saying, I really like him on the move because he is so dynamic. He's really fluid. He can change his direction and pace pretty well. Uh, so I think there's enough there to be a good scorer at the NBA level. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting, I guess, then when you look at him and compare him to a guy like Jordan Clarkson, we buy the scoring and then the shooting to a certain extent. Is there anything watching him that stands out as another way that he can provide value to an NBA team? Because with Moody, we know the spacing, we buy the high IQ and the ability to fit in as a role player. Any other ways that you can envision book night providing an NBA team value early on in his career other than scoring? Uh, that's kind of tough at this point. His assist numbers weren't great. Uh, I believe this year he averaged more turnovers than assists, and I think his assists were about 1.9 per game. It is important to note he was hurt for a big chunk of this year. He's only played about 14 games. Uh, but I think there's some playmaking there uh, when he – you know, plays basketball as a job at the next level where he's going to continue to improve coming off those dribble handoffs. That's like a pick and roll. Uh, and he's shown some flashes with those, but there's not going to be a lot of playmaking initially. I don't think kind of reminds me of quickly last year, whose assist numbers weren't great, but it was that role he played uh, with Higgins and Maxi at Kentucky where he really was just off ball. Mostly. I think book Knights had the ball in his hands enough where you should see some more uh, production in the passing game. But like I said, he's a smart player. I think he can get there. But to answer your question initially, I don't see him doing much more other than scoring, at least to start out his career. Yeah, to finish up with him, I do buy the passing to a certain extent. If you watched the game he had in his conference tournament against Creighton, to start the game, they were running pick and rolls with Book Knight, and he got blitzed. And he threw some really nice bullet passes over the top, you know, when he was trapped and was able to find bigs for layups to start the game on. The first possession was kind of that bullet pass over the top. And then he found the bounce pass to the cutter and the pick and roll in the next possession. So showed a little bit of variety on hitting different guys out of the pick and roll. That was very good to see. So do I buy him as a high level creator? No, not really. But I, I do like the scoring and it's good to see at least that some of that playmaking shops are there and he's at least shown some flashes. But coming up next, we're going to kind of compare the two, talk about where we have them on our boards and kind of where they might finish for us in terms of just a general ranking of these prospects. So we have been telling you about Built Bar. I talked about it on our last episode. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. It is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. So now is the time to find out, actually, which Built Bar is the best. And this is Built Bar Madness, where they have set up um, a bracket to vote on and see which is the best flavor of Built Bar. So I invite you guys to go check out BuiltBar.com, vote on your favorite, and see which one finishes as the best flavor. You can check them out, out again on BuiltBar.com or at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember, 
Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to let them know you came from us. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's small market meets big market. Wednesdays on the Locked On NBA podcast, join Jake Madison of the Locked On Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Locked On Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Cody. So do you kind of have a overarching high level view of um, how you would compare these two guys? I guess we might as well start off who do you have right now higher on your board between Moses Moody and James Booknight? Right now I have Moses Moody much higher. The age thing doesn't really bother me of Booknight being a sophomore in college this year, but I like Moody. Uh, we didn't get a chance to get into his defense much, but I like him a lot more on that end, even though he's pretty limited athletically he puts in a lot more effort. He's really intelligent. He's a good rotator. He gets to the right spots, takes charges, and he's got a 7-1 wingspan, and he uses all of it. Uh, he's great at playing tough defense the best he can, whereas Book Knight, uh, there's a lot more inconsistency there, even though he is a quicker athlete. And then I just really like Moody. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball at the NBA level, he's going to be a guy that stretches a floor shot 38% from three this year. Beautiful stroke. And uh, I think as he gets better, he'll give you a little more. But at a minimum, you're getting a really smart team player that uh, gives you some defensive effort and spreads the floor on the offensive end and never tries to do anything that's uh, out of his role. So as of right now, I like Moody. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think kind of an interesting way to bring our conversation full circle with Moses Moody is we talked about how offensively he fits into a role, but we would have liked to see him kind of push the envelope and try things. Well, defensively, it's kind of the opposite where you can tell his mind's always thinking his head is on a swivel. And for a guy as just unathletic in terms of NBA standards as he is, he just seems to always be mucking plays up. He seems to always be making rotations. He's there at the nail helping. You know, I've watched a ton of his games and I've been able to put together so many different clips of, you know, he, he doesn't even jump, but he just is in the right spot and uses that, that seven to seven foot one wingspan, which is so helpful to affect plays around the rim. Whereas it's the opposite for book night. He just seems to kind of guard his guy. He doesn't use too much force defensively. And when he gets beat or when he gets hung out on a screen, he doesn't really, he kind of lets himself float out of place. And so defensively, I think that's a huge pivot point for these two guys. And Cody, I'm very, very glad you brought that up because I think we're kind of at the same spot consensus here. Much prefer Moody 
defensively over Book Knight at the NBA level? So you liked Book Knight in the first round, but maybe not as high as where he's being kind of projected now. Where do you slide Moody into your kind of draft board uh, right now, roughly? So I've toyed with the thought of having him as high as number five, you know, which might be a bit of a hot take. And, you know, that, that's still in play, but I'd say into the six to nine range, six to eight, I'll say. I think he's a top eight guy, but I'm a little nervous putting him as high as number five, just with the disadvantage of having limited physical tools in terms of the athleticism. Again, I love the size. I love the wingspan just has limited to no burst or athleticism, but yeah, I'm comfortable having him six, seven, eight. So if he, you know, I doubt he ends up going top half the lottery, but I certainly think it'd it'd be fine taking him at six, seven, eight. What about you, Cody? Yeah, I have him top 10 for sure. The athleticism is a little concerning, but like you said, you watch the film he makes up for it with his brain and that length. And he is always just getting his hands on balls and mucking up what the other team's doing. He's made some amazing rotations defensively too, where he, you know, has good man ball relationship. He sees what's going on on the strong side, but, you know, keeps an eye on what's going on on the weak side with his man and his teammates, man. And, He'll just sprint to his spot, get his feet set, and take a charge, and the ball's going the other way. Uh, I really, really like him because of uh, what's between the ears, even though he does have those athletic limitations, uh, you know, like you said, compared to NBA wings. And I think other than that athletic ability, he is a pretty quintessential uh, NBA wing, 6'6", good length, knows that his role is going to be to knock down threes and get after it defensively. I think teams are really going to value that. Yeah. And I think Modi Moses Moody will be a really good data point for me and us in terms of evaluation, just in terms of how far a guy can go with kind of the formula of size plus smarts plus shooting minus athleticism, but to any kind of young basketball players potentially listening to this episode, I would really recommend watching the Moses Moody tape in terms of a guy that can fit in positively impact a team and just such a smart defensive player. You don't even need the athleticism to affect the game on that side. And he is a great example of that. So now turning back over to the James Booknight side of the equation here, Cody, how high would you be comfortable slotting him on, on your board? Late lottery would be as high as I'd feel comfortable I really do think he uh, has a trajectory where he can be a great uh, off the bench scorer. Uh, And in any draft, if you want to draft a guy like that late lottery, that's fine with me. He'll probably be more 15 to 20, I think, on my board when it's all said and done. Where do you think you'll end up having him uh, on your on your board? Yeah, I think I'd be fine taking him the last few spots of the lottery, but no higher than like 12, 13, 14. So middle of the first round, I'm fine with. I'm just with you there, maybe even a little lower on him in terms of what he's going to provide other than scoring. And I think he's just an average athlete compared to, you know, his peers at the NBA level. I'm kind of glad you brought up the Jordan Clarkson comparison. Not one that I had thought of, but I think that's not too far off. Of course, Clarkson has been fantastic this year off the bench for Utah 
certainly in the running, if not the favorite right now for six man of the year. And if that's what book night becomes, then he's certainly worthy of being selected in the first half of the first round of the NBA draft. But I just think, you know, it's kind of one of those quintessential arguments of star role player Moody versus scoring upside with book night. And just in terms of what I value as an evaluator, how I've kind of look at the NBA I value that guy that has the potential to be a star in his role, especially with the shooting that you just cannot get enough of at the NBA level. I think Moses Moody is going to be a top two shooter out of this class along. uh, I think Kate Cunningham is going to end up being the best shooter, but I think Moody is there right there at the top of this class in terms of shooting. Yeah. Especially the types of shots he takes because he he's a spot up shooter and there is upside there with him off the dribble, too. I like a lot uh, watching the film. I think he's going to continue to expand his game on that end as well. And with that, if you're that smart defensively, uh, kind of a working theory I have, watching a guy that understands defensive rotations and understands the game, I think that means they can translate passing on the other end. They can break if they can break down the defense, they understand where the help's coming from, where the breakdown is at, and where they're going to find that open teammate. I think Moody will uh, come a long way in that area as well. Yeah, and it's nice evaluating these two guys because a lot of these prospects we're going to cover, it's all based on their potential and projection. Whereas these two guys were actually very effective in college. They actually were efficient, whereas some of the guys that we're going to hit on later are going to be purely projection and, you know, just the promise of their games, whereas these guys did have an impact. And so that's good to see. Can't wait to see what they do in the tournament. So we wanted to discuss these two guys to keep your eye on. Um, To finish here, go ahead and follow us on Twitter at The Draft Dummies and subscribe to this channel wherever you get your podcasts and please leave us a review we very much appreciate you listening in as always